Hi, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to worship. Welcome to Schweitzer today. I'm Jim, and I serve as a pastor here, as well as our host for this experience. Wherever you're at today, we're really glad you're here. If you've been worshiping with us for a while, invite a friend. If this is your first time, your first time guest, check in with us at sumc.co slash hello, and we'll send you a virtual gift card from Starbucks right away. We would love to do that. Thanks for doing it. Also today, we're really excited, really excited to begin the season of Advent, the four weeks leading up to Christmas as we prepare for Christ's coming. Advent means coming. And today we begin a new series as well. Pastor Jason's going to lead us. It's called Peace on Earth. Peace on Earth as we explore the scripture in Isaiah where God promises, God gives us the promise of peace on earth and it's for everybody. God has a message for us all today. And now, Let's go to Stephanie, who's going to tell us more about what's happening here at Christmas, this Christmas season, here at Schweitzer. Hi, I'm Stephanie. Today is the beginning of Advent, and as we continue through this season to Christmas, we have some great ways for you to connect, stay safe, and dive deeper with our Advent online studies. There are four different classes that will be offered at various times throughout the week with various leaders. You can find out more at sumc.co slash advent. And with Christmas coming soon, we need your help by inviting a friend to join you in person or online for Christmas with Schweitzer this year. From December 20th through the 23rd, four nights, we'll be hosting Carols and Candlelight. This is an outside service with an option to enjoy from your car or gathered around the stage. And on Christmas Eve, we have a very special online service that will air on the hour at live.sumc.co from 10 a.m. to midnight. We'd invite you to host a small watch party. We'll even send you a kit. Find out more at sumc.co slash Christmas. Here at Schweitzer, we have a great opportunity for you to impact a child's life at our local elementary school, Pittman, this Christmas season. Find out how you can provide a gift and make Christmas extra special for one of these select students at sumc.co slash Christmas. We hope you're as excited as we are about this Christmas season. Thanks, Stephanie, for those opportunities to learn, connect, and engage here at Schweitzer. If you're worshiping with us live, there's a chat feature. Say hello to your friends. Also, we have a prayer uh, ministry. And if you'd like to receive prayer today, there's a prayer button. People would love to pray with you. And now let's, uh, as we enter into worship, KJ's going to lead us in a song. And we thank God for this opportunity to worship today as we begin this Advent season. Let's worship.
As we come to this time of prayer together, we thank God for the gift of prayer, the gift of relationship. Prayer matters. It shapes our life with God and with others in our world. And as we enter this Advent season, we're preparing our hearts to welcome and to receive Jesus again. And so today, we have an Advent wreath that in it is representing in the circle God's infinite love and in the evergreen eternal life and in the candles the light of Christ that comes into our lives manifested in hope love peace and joy and so again as we prepare to light the hope candle today let's uh, let's really welcome and thank God into our lives fresh and new today hear these words as we light the hope candle. We light this candle as a symbol of Christ our hope. May the light sent from God shine in the darkness to show us the way of salvation. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Let's pray together. Beloved in Christ, as we await the great festival of Christmas, let us prepare ourselves so that we may be shown its true meaning. Let us hear the lessons of Holy Scripture, how the prophets of Israel foretold that God would visit and redeem the waiting people. Let us rejoice in our carols and hymns, that the good purpose of God is being mightily fulfilled. Let us celebrate the promise that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will bring all peoples and all things into the glory of God's eternal kingdom. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel. The gospel preached to them. But first let us pray for the world that God so loves. For those who have not heard the good news of God, or who do not believe it. For those who walk in darkness and in the shadow of death, and for the church in this place and everywhere, that it may be freed from all evil and fear. And may in pure joy lift up the light of the love of God. These prayers and praises let us humbly offer to God in the words that Christ himself taught us. And now invite us to pray the Lord's Prayer in boldness and confidence together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now as we come to this time of offering, we are so grateful for all your giving, all your generosity, your tithes and offerings. We give back to God out of all that God gives to us. Your gifts, though, support the ministries here on this campus, our community, around the world. Your generosity makes a difference. And again, we are so very grateful and especially at this time of Christmas, blessing so many lives. 
thank you. You can also give today through our, uh, our link, sumc.co slash give. And now we are really excited to have the choir with us to bless us and leading us in worship. Don't you love a good story? I do. I love stories that, that lift me up, inspire me, and move me, and I know you do too. Today we're going to hear one. We call these 52 stories, stories where God is moving in lives, transforming, connecting with people here on the Schweitzer campus and elsewhere. Today we're going to hear a story from Kim Hammonds. Kim is a real lady of, of real faith, uh, really inspirational, and really is a, a faithful follower of Jesus in action. So let's hear from Kim. Uh, my husband and I have been going to Schweitzer for going on nine years now. We're both involved in a Sunday school class, Lost and Found. I've directed the handbells. I've participated in uh, uh, many Bible studies that, that have gone on in this church. And I think one of the biggest things that I've been involved in was helping create and launch the Jobs for Life program that's here at Schweitzer underwent a lot of verbal and other abuse in my home and it created a sense of unworthiness in myself feeling like I didn't belong and um, wanting to belong but uh, just sure that I didn't belong and wanted to be a part of something but never really feeling like I fit in and I can't tell you how many times I would go to a quiet place and pray to God to take my life because I thought it was was unworthy and um, if my parents didn't love me, how could God love me? And so um, because of that, I took a, a whole bottle of aspirin in order to end my life. But as you could see, it failed, or I failed. Um, but I wish I could say that uh, that cry for help was heard. Yeah, fortunately, it wasn't. 
I received one of many notes that I usually get from my mother, and she ended it with one of her phrases that she usually uses towards me, which you're just nothing but a lazy, no good SOB. For I created your inmost being, I knit you together in your mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. And that night at practice, somebody gave a testimony on, on how those words and that uh, changed their lives. And it started to seep into me and I really wanted to sing that song at both services uh, at church that next Sunday. So I got up early the next that Sunday and um, to go to church to be able to sing at both services because I thought the words of the song were so beautiful. Unfortunately, we were running a little late and I didn't get there in time in order to sing, so I sat in the front pew, which is where I like to sit. And as the choir sang the song, I could feel this little sense of peace coming over me as they were singing it. And then afterwards, the pastor got up to preach and the title of his sermon when he read it was, Lazy No Good For Nothing. And I have to admit, instead of hearing my mother's voice and being filled with fear or the unworthiness, that peace that I had felt from the song would just grew. All I can say for the first time in my life, I felt like a whole person. Um, I, I, and the tears just flowed, but they weren't tears of sorrow, they were just, just, just pure tears of, of pure joy and healness and wholeness. And, and I, like I said, I wish I could explain what it really was. So you might say our mission is relationships. The relationship we create is the missions of what God has had to us so that others may come to know His love and grace. And um, so that's why I come to Schweitzer because this is a community of believers who really believe that the mission of Schweitzer United Methodist Church is relationships and helping to others to find God's love. My name is Kim Hammonds and this is just the beginning of my story. From Isaiah 52, we hear these words. Wake up, wake up, O Zion. Clothe yourself with strength. Put on your beautiful clothes, O holy city of Jerusalem. For unclean and godless people will enter your gates no longer. Rise from the dust, O Jerusalem. Sit in a place of honor. Remove the chains of slavery from your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. For this is what the Lord says. When I sold you into exile, I received no payment. Now I can redeem you without having to pay for you. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Long ago my people chose to live in Egypt. Now they are oppressed by Assyria. What is this? asked the Lord. Why are my people enslaved again? Those who rule them shout in exultation, My name is blasphemed all day long. But I, the Lord says, will reveal my name to my people, and they will come to know its power. Then at last they will recognize that I am the one who speaks to them. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news. The good news of peace and salvation. The news that the God of Israel reigns. The watchmen shout and sing with joy. For before their very eyes they see the Lord returning to Jerusalem. Let the ruins of Jerusalem break into joyful song. 
For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has demonstrated his power, his holy power, before the eyes of all the nations. All the ends of the earth will see the victory of our God. Get out. Get out and leave your captivity where everything you touch is unclean. Get out of there and purify yourselves, you who carry home the sacred objects of the Lord. You will not leave in a hurry, running for your very lives, for the Lord will go ahead of you. Yes, the Lord God of Israel will protect you from behind. This is the word of God for the people of God and the people of the world. Thanks be to God. Hello and welcome. I'm Jason, the executive pastor here at Schweitzer. It's a joy to welcome you to Advent, this season where we're starting to march towards Christmas, anticipating the joy of Christmas Day. As we enter into this time and season, we're also entering into a new sermon series called Advent, Peace on Earth. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to be taking a look and hearing from a number of, of scripture passages from the, the prophet Isaiah. Today, as we listen to this text from Isaiah 52, there was a... <clears throat> piece of that story that provoked a memory about Christmas, provoked a, a tradition within my own heart and mind that I'd like to share with you. On Christmas Day, I'm usually the first one up, but soon after I wake up, one of my kids gets up. And one of the first things that they look to do the past several years is they look to find a recording of Rich Mullins' song, Gotta Get Up on Christmas Morning. Now, the way that Rich Mullins recorded the song, the song has a bit of nostalgia to it. It takes you back to a place where you may have been. After Mullins recorded the song, another group recorded the song, Five Iron Frenzy. They were a ska band, and ska meant that they added punk with horns and saxophones and lots of other sounds. And they gave the song a whole nother twist. The, the song kind of sounds like it's the 4th of July with rockets blaring all around you but it's on Christmas morning. And so whoever's up, whoever's the first one to rise early on Christmas day, tries to find that version of the song. And then they try to, they try to find the devices that will play it as loud as they possibly can. Now, obviously there's somebody in our crew that wants to sleep in, would love to have a little more sleep on Christmas morning. But generally, generally, the joy and anticipation of Christmas Day is just ready to burst. And everyone is asking the question, what does the promise of this day hold forth? When we come to this text, listening to this text, I couldn't help but imagine that day, that Christmas morning, that experience that I've had seen several times. It seems like that kind of expression is being displayed within this text. Because this text is brimming with joy, it's brimming with anticipation, it's brimming with energy and with action. It begins with the call to the people who are living in Jerusalem. Wake up, wake up, O Jerusalem, and put on your beautiful garments. It imagines a runner coming from a faraway distance, coming from a, a battle where there's been an incredible victory, bringing good news, running across mountaintops, and the runner brings news of peace and salvation and deliverance. There is joy in what the runner brings. It describes the watchmen who are on the wall, these people who are Israel's protectors at night, their force of protection. They shout songs of joy because off in the distance, they see that Israel 
Israel is being redeemed by her Lord. And the Lord says, I'm coming to comfort my people. The Lord is returning to a city and to a people that have felt desolate. There is a call for action that comes from this text because to those who are living in captivity, there's a call that says twice, get up and get out. Get up and get out. Leave this place of captivity and get ready to return home, carrying with you some of your most treasured items. It, this text calls for action and it announces joy that is joy that is unhurried, that is anticipatory, that is confident because the Lord is the one who is doing all of the work and the Lord is leading his people and the Lord is coming behind as a protector. This text that we've read that has all of this joy, this language of action and energy, takes place, most biblical scholars think, after the account of a victory of King Cyrus from Persia. The Babylonians 50 years before had laid siege to Jerusalem and they had sacked the city of Jerusalem. They'd torn down the walls of protection. They destroyed the temple. They'd carried off with them back to Babylon. They'd carried treasures and they'd carried people. And some people who had been living in Jerusalem before the Babylonians um, marched into the city gates had sent people flying to all corners of the earth there was a great sense of despair and distrust. There was a sense that the Lord had abandoned his people and his city. But even as people were carried off into Babylon, the Lord made promises. The Lord made promises through prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel. The Lord recalled to his people that he had made promises, a covenant promise with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that those promises would never be torn asunder. The Lord made promises to his people as they went into Babylon. The Lord made promises to his people as they went down to Egypt that there would come a day when he would return and the Lord would use different vessels. The Lord would use a foreigner like, like King Cyrus and the Lord would use a suffering servant to bring his people home. There in the midst of those promises, there was a sense of hope that emerged and grew. There was a sense of, of desire of looking for that day down the road into the future. Well, 50 years after being taken into captivity, 50 years after Babylon had destroyed the city, there was one who came out of the north, King Cyrus, king of Persia, who brought his army into Babylon and he upended the order of the day and he delivered an edict an edict that was heard around the world, an edict that said, those of you who have left Jerusalem, you can return. Those of you who are longing for a temple to be re rebuilt, you can rebuild. And those of you who have items from the temple, treasured items, you can return them to its place. And with that edict, there is joy. And this, is, this text that we've heard from Isaiah is part of that joyful celebration the Lord has made a promise and the promise is being fulfilled and it is good news. We've all seen that, that type of good news at some form or fashion in our own lives, haven't we? We've seen people who are exultant when something fantastic happens in their life. We've seen Kansas City Chiefs fans who waited for a Super Bowl for 50 years and it finally came. 
And they are so thrilled and so proud. We've seen people who've struggled with cancer come along and ring the bell declaring that their cancer has been, has been beaten back and that they are cancer free. We've seen people who have been caught up in all kinds of conflicts, seen those conflicts come to an end and it's like a weight falls off their shoulder and they walk with a lilt in their step. We have seen this sense of people who've borne a great weight in a trial. And then, then relief comes, joy comes, peace comes. We live in a moment right now, friends, where we've seen those things and we are all together anticipating that sense when good news comes again to us, aren't we? As we think about the global health pandemic that's touched each and every one of us, are we not all waiting with anticipation and bated breath to hear that there is a vaccine and when it will be distributed? Are we not looking for that good news? Do we not await good news when we think about the racial tension that's been on display in our streets this past year? Do we not await a sense that there is some kind of way forward Regardless of our race, there is a way forward that is good and holy and right and peaceful. Do we not all await with a global perspective that our world needs peace? Peace not just in the sense of a cessation of of enmity or peace not in the cessation of, of arms, but do we not all await the sense that the picture of peace that the prophets talked about, of goodness, joy, touching everyone's life, don't we wait for that kind of good news? The prophets were waiting. The people were waiting. And 50 years after being taken into captivity, God showed up. And peace, salvation, restoration began to touch the lives of those who had been hopeful waiting in hope. How can this sense of peace, this proclamation, this good news touch you and touch me? How can we find ourselves at a place where this this joy just bubbles over into the midst of our lives? I'd suggest to you, friends, that it's when we draw close to Jesus, when we hear and are a part of God's work and God's victory is borne out in our own life, when we interact with Jesus And the power of Christ comes into our life, into our homes, into our communities. And the healing power of Jesus does in us work that we can never do on our own. One of the places I think I've been watching this on display, and hopefully you've been seeing it on display, is this past year, people of Schweitzer have been telling stories of God at work. We've called the series 52 Stories. They're short little clips, three or four minutes, where people sit down and they talk about where they were at and how God came along and met them. And the stories are as varied as everybody who's been telling them. They're all over the map. They're beautiful renditions of God at work in people's lives. And when God is at work, hope is renewed. There is a peace and a power that people experience that they haven't been experiencing before. And their future imaginations, well, they just... They can't even begin to describe what those are like. And each of those stories close with this tagline, which is fascinating to me because the ages are all over the map. 
of the people who tell these stories, but the closing tagline of all the stories has been this, this is my name, and it's just the beginning of my story. Because, friends, our future of the good work of God is out in front of us. It's out in front of us. And there's, there's a story that God wants to write in all of our lives, not just about the past, but about the future, of how he takes the things of the past and he rewrites them. And they become something bold and beautiful and awesome in the hands of the Lord. What's your story? As I've been listening to those stories, I've been wondering, what is the story that God's been writing in my own life? And what is the story that God's been writing in your life? Where is the good news of Jesus being formed in you? We, the writer of Isaiah talks about how the person who comes across the mountaintops, the person who, who's got the message that the victory has been won, they come and their feet are beautiful because they're carrying good news. There is, in this day, a work that God has been taking up in all of our lives if we're open to have God at work in us. And there is a story that he's been writing in our lives and he's been writing in our church and he's been writing in this world with people who are drawing close to Jesus. And he would say out to us today, he would speak out to us, he'd call out to us, what story has been planted in your life? What story do you need to share with the world around you, with your friends and your family who gather around your table or who you talk to on Zoom? What story do you need to share with the broader world? Because that story exists. And the world that we live in is waiting for good stories to be told of God's goodness, his righteousness, and his peace. And the funny thing about God's, how he works or how he writes these stories is that he generally doesn't wait for great things to be happening to write good stories. He approaches us in the most, in our way of describing it, the most inopportune times. And he says, guess what? When you're weak, I'll be strong. Guess what? When you look at the world and you think I'm undone, I'll be here to pick you up and carry you along. The funny thing about how God has been working in the life of Schweitzer over these many years is that God oftentimes comes alongside of us and sometimes in the most unopportune times says, there is an opportunity that I want you to take advantage of. There is a way in which you can do ministry today and in the future that will spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus. And the light that you have will shine in the lives of people who only appear to see darkness. If you will but take a new step of faith. As we enter into Advent, there is a story that we want to share with you. A story about how God has been leading Schweitzer in the past and how he's bringing a new opportunity to us in the future. It's a story in which we, we anticipate the picture of Isaiah's image of, of gardens flourishing and of people flourishing, of there being this fullness of the kingdom of heaven taking place in all kinds of places around us, in this city, in cities around us. And I'd like to invite you to watch with me the story that is unfolding before us, where God invites us to think about what's a new mission, what's a new place to tell his story, what's a new place to live into the story that he's writing.
a story that's good news for the world. It begins with a simple question, what if? In 2003, Ed Hewlett first asked, what if? What if we opened a food pantry to meet the needs of hungry families in our community? In the first year of operation, the people of Schweitzer, through the pantry, provided food for more than 300 people. This ministry continued to grow, helping more than 16,000 people in the first decade of existence. Schweitzer quickly became a source of encouragement, hope, and prayer to the community around us. In 2010, this ministry grew exponentially as it moved to the Outreach Center. This larger space allowed us to serve more individuals and partner with local organizations in a new way. The 6,000 square foot warehouse also became a supply hub for a dozen other pantries in Southwest Missouri, which meant we were helping serve over 100,000 people each year. As the numbers grew, we continued to see and to witness that the needs were greater than food. We saw an opportunity to join people in their journey. We began to shift our focus from being for people to being with people. We began to ask, what if? What if we could provide more than food on a monthly basis, but could also encourage and equip people in a deeper way? What if we offered structured support and hope, hope through job training, addiction recovery, and transitional housing? What if we opened a neighborhood garden where neighbors could get to know one another and grow produce in a shared space. Soon, the spirit that started the food pantry sprouted into new areas of outreach, including the Life Change Plan, Jobs for Life, the Coach House Ministry, and a neighborhood garden. By shifting our focus, we have witnessed deep transformation in the lives of people all around Schweitzer. This transformation has allowed people to truly flourish. For the past decade, the city of Springfield has strived to address the poverty rate, yet it remains at 25%. And while there are many good programs in our community, few have had the success rate we have found through a new method of outreach here at Schweitzer. A method that focuses on restoring a sense of value, dignity, and self-worth in people's lives, while also providing life skills. Take a look at these facts. 85% of participants in our life change program have remained healthy, not relapsing back into addiction. More than 70% of Jobs for Life graduates have improved their job standing, going from part-time to full-time, or from no job to a job. Additionally, one local company has hired 21 Jobs for Life graduates, and their internal stats say graduates of this specific program have a 30% higher rate of staying and succeeding than those hired another way. So, with a growing desire to see even more lives transformed in our community and beyond, here at the end of 2020, we're once again asking, what if? What if we took a big step as a church to help launch a community development corporation that would allow us to expand further, to reach even more people? This means that this Christmas season, we're asking you to join us in helping launch Springfield's first Community Development Corporation. Flourish. Following Jesus, Flourish will launch with the mission of standing with our neighbors in need, pursuing healing through relationships of reconciliation, and investing in economic and leadership development in our community. We believe this is a tremendous opportunity to leave a legacy that goes beyond the walls of Schweitzer and an opportunity to impact future generations of flourishing people that we hope and believe will say, I love my life. 
Thank you for joining with us and asking the brave question of what if as we trust God who is also with us. We are so excited about Flourish. Thanks, Jim, for that. Well, I'm Jim, but I am really excited too. And we are really, really grateful for all that God is doing uh, through the ministries here at Schweitzer. Now, KJ is going to lead us in a song where we know and really believe that God is good. And what is all of our parts, your part and mine, in ministry through Schweitzer? Lead us, KJ. You're never gonna let me down 